Howdy everybody, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 160 of Justified Pursuit. As always, the good counselor Chisholm Cook riding shotgun. How are you doing, man? Um, other than some irritation from the cedar, it's kind of mm-hmm. getting like these sharp pains and like my like the glands and stuff under your jaw and chin, which is typical. <laughs> other than that, life's great. You, uh, awesome, awesome. So you, that's a different background. You're like in one of your kids' rooms, maybe. You're not in your office. I'm in our dining nook. Huh. Um, okay. So you were that. late to the show today because you said the wife was ranting. I thought maybe you were trying to get into a safe space, like trying to get away from her or something. I'll throw you under the bus. That's what we do on this show. Thankfully, I don't <laughs> think she listens anymore anyway. That is how I described it. Um, with love. Nothing uh-huh. but love. Uh, yeah, she was sharing some stuff. Mm. Um, mostly from first thing this morning. She uh, She went and met a group of ladies at our kids' school that they do a prayer walk where they walk, walk around the school. I think they do it every day mm-hmm. um, and pray over the school, over the kids, faculty, staff, et cetera. And she was having an interesting conversation, which is an ongoing conversation with this lady. And so she was recanting, mm-hmm. is a better word. So but, she wasn't ranting at you. You just. No, no, no. I was, I was just listening to. Being a good her. husband. That's right. And, and in I, your mind, you're you're listening, but there's like a million other things you're thinking about. And then they say, Do, are you even listening to me? And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And you try to just regurgitate one thing that they said to make them think that you were actually there, invested. No, I was actually interested. That's why <laughs> I, I, I tried to give her the space to... I've just heard this is how other men think of, like they deal with that situation. I'm not saying that I'm immune to that. I'm just right. saying in this instance, that was not the case. You better spit out that one piece of information that gets you by though when the time comes when yeah you ever it. seen that chris rock bit remember the chris rock stand up where he's in like this shiny kind of purpley blue suit mm-hmm. um i think it's his it's got to be the best one he's 20s 20s it's the bit is basic there it goes mm-hmm. can you hear me i can hear you and, and that sounds normal. I'm not muffled. Yeah, you glitched out there for a like second, a... but you're back. All right. Um, the bit is something like, uh, you know, it's to your point. It's coming home and your wife just wants to talk, but she doesn't really want to talk, talk. She just wants you to listen, listen. Yeah. And she you wants just to have talk to... at you. <laughs> right. He's like, you just have to have your go-tos. No way. Get out of here. You don't say. And then he goes, I told you that bitch crazy. <laughs> like every night, he's like, you got to throw that one in because every woman in America has a woman at her job that she can't stand. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt uh, about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I went to the uh, Texas coast to close out duck season this past weekend with a buddy of mine that went to Africa with me. Has a corporate lease down there through his company. Swanky place. They've been doing waterfowl hunts on that place since the 1920s. And they did like day hunts from the 20s to the 70s. I should have had the book over here. And I have this book, 100 Years of Texas Waterfowl History or something like that. And they had the book in the lodge. And he's like, oh, yeah, this, this ranch is mentioned in here. In the late 70s, they were guiding duck hunters. They would put you in an airboat, provide decoys and a guide. And take you to a blind for $7.50 for the day. That's cool. Yeah, 
I think duck hunts are three hundred dollars a day. <laughs> Where whereabouts on the coast? Uh, like Winnie. Yeah. So is it Anahuac? Between Houston and Bone. Yeah, close to Anahuac. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Saw some gators. Uh, and oh, but the best part was we shot three ducks in two days because of all that rain they had. Where where the duck hunting was really good, the birds were concentrated. They got so much rain that it's a twenty eight thousand acre working cattle ranch. They don't really do much rice production there anymore. None on that ranch, what used to be. Uh, and all of those pastures were just flooded, you know, a foot of water in every one of them. So the ducks were just like everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a nice 10 hour round trip for three birds, but the camaraderie was good. The food was good. Yeah. It is what it is. That's how hunting goes sometimes. Yep. That's how hunting go. Um, I closed out deer season. Took a buddy of mine, Joe, and his daughter Juliet on her first ever hunting trip, um, and he hadn't been he hadn't shot anything in like eighteen years. He's told me, um, mm-hmm. but you, it was really cool because uh, Joe's a good dude and has become a good friend of mine. Um, very stoic, um, can be kind of quiet, but uh, despite having been eighteen years, like he just knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like all the all across the board from I mean, he's very experienced fireman. He's fire fire arms handler uh, carries every single day. He was like, I think the only time you've ever been around me when I wasn't carrying was I don't remember the example. We were somewhere on some church thing. Um, But then through to like cleaning and butchering, he sent me this picture of he had the deer. Uh. Had a deer in the walk-in, and then they they she his daughter shot a doe, and so I gave both to him, and he sent me a picture of four boned-out hindquarters with like the I mean flawless, every cut was perfect, like nice. the the sirloin and the the eye of round and the two round sticks. So you got your buddy back into the outdoors and his daughter into the outdoors. She shot a rifle five times and then went and smacked a doe. With nice. Joe and my daughter Charlotte in the blind. So that was cool. And she was like, she, I didn't, I really wasn't, he told me, he's like, she's been saying she wants to kill a deer. And I'm kind of surprised by it. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of surprised by it too. She was all about it. She didn't flinch. And so she's left eye dominant. Hmm. Um, Sounds like Henry. Right. But I don't have any left eye, left handed rifles. Right. So Charlotte covered her eye for her hmm. while she aimed at this doe and hit it good. She was a little bit high, but got a good long. Um, kind of got a high gut exit, but it was pretty clean for the most part, and it went like five yards and was dead. Um, but then she helped Riley skin it after I gutted it, and she was totally into that. And those two were just going to town, and she spoke up at one point because her dad and I were cleaning up a javelina, and she was like, "I think I found my new favorite pastime." <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, you know Henry were, when he it. shot the buck down there a couple weeks ago, he had an eye patch on for that exact reason. Oh, you 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 did yeah yeah right. I'm not not gonna fight it anymore. Everyone's like, you got to get him to shoot, you know, right-handed, because he's he's right-handed. But well, he's left-eye dominant, and I'm just all he did when we were because we went down to you know at your place we were shooting the rifle, and it took like an hour. And you're probably like, what is going on? And I'm I was trying to make him shoot right-handed, and he's getting frustrated and almost to the point of tears. He's just like, I don't. I put the eye patch back on him, and he was just like, boom, you know, quarter-inch group, and. That's where he's comfortable. So I'm done fighting it. I just want the kid to be successful, and it is what it is. He might have he might have a problem with the shotgun, but I don't know. We'll see. 
uh i mean one out of 35 is his average right now for dove so it is he can pretty much only improve from there so yeah um let's talk men's fashion i'm going to nashville tomorrow and uh well you, this is gonna be jarring watch this you've never, you've never jarred. Seen you're yeah what do you think i think you're a poser i think you're a you what i think you're a poser a remarkable noteworthy poser <laughs> For those so i bought a cowboy hat who are wondering right Cable just donned a cowboy, a, a black Stetson for me because he's Chocolate going to Nashville brown. and decided Chocolate he needs to, p- to wear a felt hat, which is. No, it's that's not why. I'm not, it's not because I'm going to Nashville. It's because I need to dress up for these banquets in the evening and I don't want to wear a tux. So you have to like, you have to look presentable. And so the way to do that is to accessorize with a cowboy hat. I mean, I already wear, I have 10 pairs of cowboy boots. I've just never owned the cap. So. Yeah, I went to Cavenders yesterday. They're really proud of these hats. And so I was on a group text with all my West Texas hunting buddies. And I was like, all right, guys, I think I'm going to finally buy a cowboy hat. The only one I have is I I inherited from my uncle. And it's like a half size too small for me. So it gives me a headache when I wear it. So they're like, well, you have to get 6X. And I'm like, is that like a size? And they're like, no, that's the quality of the felt. (laughs) Which I was like, okay. And they're like, you're going to spend a lot of money. hat. Yeah, it ended up being three hundred twenty-five bucks. George Strait edition. I do. I had no. I don't know Dilly Squat about cowboy hats, but luckily, my good old boy friends pointed me in the right direction. And I, you know, sometimes you just have to swallow your pride and say, "I don't know crap about this. Help me out." And they're like, "Okay, well, anything that they wear on Yellowstone is going to get you made fun of, so don't do that. You're going to want the six X." And then they listed like three brands. You know, I already was looking for a Stetson or a Resistall, which I ended up getting Resistall. Right. American Hat Company, they said, um, was a good one. And then they said you had to get somebody at the steamer that knew what they were doing, or they'll ruin your hat. So I had a guy from, a Hispanic guy from El Paso do that, who did a very good job. Yeah. It looked sharp. It looked good. Yeah. I think I like it. And Aaron said, man, that looks really, you look really handsome in that. So not bad for uh, the urban cowboy. You can do a little cowboy role playing. I don't know about that, <laughs> but I, I do like it. And uh, I mean, I, I already had all the boots. So what's the next step? We go to a lot of country concerts, so I can pose there too. Um, to women's fashion, Chisholm, have you heard of a skim bra? No, it's Kim Kardashian's line of bras. And she, and this, I just saw this article. She released this in November. It's her new bra, and it's called the nipple bra. Can you, can you, you want to take a guess as to what the nipple bra is? It probably has holes where the nipples, <laughs> for the nipples, so that they stick out, so you can wear a bra and have the support of a bra, but still have your nipple showing. Mm, close. The bra actually has fa fake nipples built into it. So when you wear it, it just looks like you're always nipping. Right. And, you know, it's marketed for cancer survivors, but they ain't the people that are buying it. It's Instagram sluts that are buying it. Do why, why do can't, what? Why do cancer survivors need to be nipping? No, you got to free the nip. You know, I mean, that's to, that's part of what makes you feminine, apparently. And if you don't have nipples, now you can have this bra that makes it looks like 
you, you are nipping all it's the funny because this is a very retro concept to me remember in the 90s when friends was the most popular show in the world and jennifer aniston was always nipping on that show uh-huh. i feel like that's where that word came from right right but it's also one i haven't said in a decade and a half it feels like seems yeah. like it kind of just faded out for a while and now well also we were in junior high and high school where it was like oh nip look at that, that girl's nipping but then if the girl became aware of it they were self-conscious and it was like an almost an embarrassing thing right like if your nipples are showing it's it's uncomfortable not today and this just goes to show you how far society has fallen because now we have a bra that just makes us look like our nipples are hard all the time witches they're all mm. witches what if dudes just walked around flexing a boner at all times? Like it was just like, wow, look at this. I've got a heart on. I mean, what's, yeah, it's a little bit more extreme, but I, I don't know why we're intent on showing our privates off through our undergarment. Because they're slutty witches who literally have always profited off of basically nothing but sex appeal. Well, certainly, and actually, founder has. Y'all keep your nipples in your bras, ladies. We like good men like conservative women. Right? Do we not? Do you want your wife walking around with her nipples showing? Out in public? No. (laughs) I guess not. Okay. I I mean, I don't. don't Modesty, I think, is, is is a lost virtue for sure. Yes. Um, around the house in a tank top. Wow, that's totally different. Let it rip. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Let a nip. <laughs> slip. So I think the first thing moving on from exchanging oh, pleasantries. Remember how we closed out episode, nipples. Remember how we closed out episode 159 um, praising Jesus that we were able to play a part in his kingdom by helping uh, a guy we've never met to find Christ, and yeah. now we're starting off talking extensively about nipples. So what? You know what? This is the nature of justified pursuit. Nipples are great. We love nipples. I love my wife's. Oh, it's a wonderful God. thing. And but we don't need to see P- every P- little P- slut's fa nipples with the, the nipple bra. Um, so we predicted this, though. They obviously can't run Biden. He can't, he had another meltdown the other day reading off a teleprompter. It was uh, so embarrassing. I'm not even going to play the clip, but you guys can imagine. You've seen it many times before. We can have Bernie's up there talking. Joe Manchin said this week he is preparing for a presidential run if Biden has a medical situation. So they are laying the groundwork for what we've talked about. And you can, once again, and you've laid it, you've laid it out for us, but explain exactly how the uh, DNR, no, DNC can, which they should DNR, that old man, but uh, how they can circumvent. I guarantee you he's got a <laughs> DNR, whether he intended to or not. How they can circumvent having anybody... They're having a primary, and they can just hand select their candidate. Because this, this is what this is this is what this is. They're saying, "Hey, we're just going to plant this little seed out there." Say, eh, Biden might not be mentally capable of doing this again. So I don't think it will be Mansion. He's he's too far right leaning for a Democrat. 
but but simultaneously you know. has you know he he he's only not running again because i think he knows damn good and well he's not running for senate again right that oh, he, he, he he's up, his terms up in november uh well we were it may not be until okay in 20 was it 2020 or 2022 when we were talking about him being him and cinema as like the, the tie team. the tie break right and then we had that listener from west virginia chime in and was like don't hang your hat on this guy he's burned mm-hmm. us for a decade and then sure enough he was he decided to vote for after if you remember he went into the hospital with covid and he came back out all of a sudden all down for the um uh inflation reduction act which is not anything oh, yeah. of the sort it's instead of a big government handout to the tech industry and climate change freaks mm-hmm. um that sort of sealed the deal so i don't know if it's 24 or 26 that he's up but he's already said he will not be rerunning whatever the end of that term is i guess it's got to be this year but no because he i'm gonna look it up just keep talking he has ran during our tenure as of this show well then he's not up for re-election for like another three years because we're on episode 160 yeah i think two i think it's probably 26 because it's a six-year term for the senate i believe right yeah yeah, it, yeah, it's six years. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, he won in twenty. He won in twenty twenty, so right. he'll be up. So he's got twenty twenty six. Right, he's got two years left before he would have to get reelected. So um, yeah, it's definitely you know he is he's a longtime friend of Joe Biden's. He is a very prominent member of the Democratic Party, regardless of where they stand today. Um, he's a necessary asset to them until his term is up and he retires. So for him to be saying, I'm prepared to run in the event Joe has a health crisis, I would, as I replied to you immediately, say that's pretty clearly predictive programming. Not that it's necessary, because I think everybody's fully aware that a health crisis is just, it's just it's just a matter of when, not if, mm-hmm. right? Some That dude's not long for this world. Whether, How old do you think Joe Manchin is? I bet he's 76. It's exactly how old he is. I uh, thought the dude was in his sixties, but nailed it. Yeah. Uh, he's old too. So he, I heard, I heard this earlier today. He took over for Senator Robert Byrd, who had served for fifty-six years and died in the office at like ninety-six. So he was appointed by the West Virginia governor. So that position has not been up for like a proper, like no holds barred, two fresh face election in sixty something years. That's crazy. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, predictive programming is this idea that the media, whether that's television, radio, um, music, movies, the news media, etc., they're the, the powers that be vis-a-vis all these methods of entertainment will let us know what they're up to. Um, we talk about this in different contexts all the time. There's no there's no doubt about it, right? The 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 good club founded by bill gates wants to depopulate right. the earth right um <clears throat> there's a and movie do that through vaccines and by controlling the food source largest right plenty of other agricultural farmland owners maybe in hey, America. how about a how about a world war oh also world war is like a really good that. way to knock the population back sure down. absolutely and three also like uh primary investor and in fake fake meat companies too so 
He's got his fingers in everything. Yeah, so he's 100% doing the bidding of the power structure. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, his predecessor, who I just mentioned, Robert Byrd, is like a legendary deep state. You know, he and Lindsey Graham uh, and, you know, McConnell and, and the Schumers of the world, they're, you know, polo- he, he's on, he was on that level. Like he mm-hmm. was, he was into some very, very dark stuff if you pay attention to conspiracy theory types. And I'll just leave it at that. But um, we don't so do he, conspiracy he, theories on this show. He's he's deep into the party. <laughs> he's been sent to prime the country for the possibility that that Joe's not going to be there, mm. which would be a blessing, according to fully two thirds of America. They don't want him there. Um, you know, to just prepare everybody's mental, you know, yeah. mentally mentally for the idea that yeah, even though there's an election in November and technically we're not holding a primary there's a high likelihood somebody else is going to need to jump in this seat. It won't be Manchin. Uh, the other, we both agree on that, right? I, you know, I don't know. He's been dabbling with it. He, didn't he kind of announce he was already running? Like, that's the other thing that's confusing to me is he sort of threw his hat in the ring a month ago. So he's sort How of done he it twice running now. when they're not even having a, any primaries. Well, that's, that's the thing is he's, he's been like test ballooning it and, uh. And and now, so I thought he I thought he had just announced he was going to go ahead and throw his hat in the ring, and then maybe they told him, well, you can't do that because we're not even having primaries. So, so now he's saying, well, I want to quote run if Joe strokes out or whatever's going to happen. I'm so. just doing my old buddy Biden a favor here and just saying I got his back if he when he has his medical crisis. It might be that they're starting to come around to the fact that that's exactly what they need is a purported alleged faux moderate um and i say all that because he makes republican sounding noises but so does mitch mcconnell and Lindsey uh, Graham, he's right? the, you know democratic version of uh nikki haley i mean right right a centrist who will give billions and billions and billions of dollars to pharma and raytheon right mm-hmm. that's where he's at and probably would never be willing to take a stand against transitioning children um, but he is pro two a, which is why I think we've always been like, eh, he's not so bad for now, which for, actually for might be part of, so, 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 so what I'm getting at is, all right, they, I think the Newsom train has crashed into the, the, the mountain of reality. I think they realize that Joker <laughs> demons don't play well. Um, especially well, he, ones who well, have he has such a great track record with him. Especially like ones who are destroying what should be the greatest state in the union, at least by natural resource availability. I mean, that's not all his fault, though. That that train was off the track long before he was a thing. But he has taken that and just put it right into the ditch and doused gasoline all over it. Okay, so you know, in the in the in the Batman movie, right, where the I'm talking about the first um. Um, the the one where it blows my mind that they had a Republican the, the, governor like not so first, long ago. The first Gr- Christian Bale version, I guess, or maybe the second of Batman, hmm. The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, where, awesome movie. where um, Ledger Heath Ledger, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing the Joker and he's walking out of the I guess the hospital, I think, and he clicks the button to blow the place up and it doesn't blow up and he like smacks it and finally blows up and he like flinches. What you just said. Newsom not being responsible for the destruction of California would kind of be akin to me to 
um, maybe Two Face set up all the explosives and then handed the remote to the Joker to detonate. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I see that, and it's very parallel, being that he's the Joker. Right. Um, Kamala, we all know, is a horrid dumpster fire of the most epic proportions. Somehow less popular than a senile dementia-riddled Joe Biden. Big Mike must have decided to tell them, "I really like my rich life with our, you know." palatial estate in uh the hamptons and our palatial estate in maui and i think they have another palatial estate in chicago and their 250 million dollar netflix deal for shit nobody wants to watch why would i want to be president and on top of so, all that yeah you know while me. people like to think oh she'd be a shoe-in maybe maybe not they may be looking at it saying you know a guy like Manchin who's been a deep stater long enough to be controllable but also has a little bit of credibility to the center might be the kind of guy that could, I'll be honest with you, Manchin would probably run a pretty dang good, a better race than Joe's going to. If the media all swooped in and lifted him up and they pivoted on a dime towards, hey, you know, conservative values, there's something oh, to be dude, said about that him. That would and- be hilarious if we went back to 2020 and 2021 and played some of the clips from MSNBC and CNN, where they are absolutely ripping Manchin a new one because he's not falling in, uh, you know, lock and step with the rest of the Democrats. Oh, I mean, go back and look at how they've talked about Nikki Haley when she was the ambassador under Trump. Look how they talked about W. Bush in the early 2000s. I mean, that's the thing is like the way that look what they did to Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's a hero of theirs now. Like, look what they did to Liz Cheney's father. And now she's a hero, right? Like, they hate you from the right until they've broken you and you join them now and you know if, if you're you know once you've pledged your allegiance to the uniparty fascist state and you're not actually in office um yeah no they, they'll turn on the dime they don't care you think so you I mean, mentioned big mike so michelle obama <laughs> you you think that she's out and that if if she was in, then Manchin wouldn't have said this. I mean, is this just is this I just f- uh, like so- surface fodder? Like, is man or is, do you think Manchin really might be the guy? Is this, because oh. I kind of just glanced at it and was like, Manchin's just doing this, and he won't be the guy, but he's just planting the seed for whoever it is. But you're saying maybe it really will be Manchin. But I'm saying it, it certainly they are floating mind. test balloons continuously mm. to figure out how things are pulling, which. They, I mean, that's what DC yeah. always does, right? They, they float things out like we're going to have a new council on misinformation. And then everybody left, right, and center is like, oh, we've fallen into 1984. And they're like, ah, okay, 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 never mind. This crazy lady that sings these show tunes that's a clear and obvious psychopath that we decided to put in charge of this thing. We'll just shuttle her off. This is not playing well, right? Mm. But it's not like they're not doing it. They're still doing it, right? They're still absolutely... Fighting the good fight against mis dis, mis dis and malinformation. This is a test balloon. They'll keep floating. They have until I think it's in June, right? The DNC is in June. Uh, let's see. They have until June to DNR Biden. I mean, it's so funny, right? They're the party, 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 Democratic Party. August. There. Oh, uh, your mic just crept out. Can you hear me? Yep. So, it's in August. Um. The party of democracy, 
literally in the professional name. broadcast, by the way, everyone, just in case you're wondering. My kids have destroyed this damn computer. Come Maybe you fun. need a daddy's work computer only. Kids, no touchy. Yeah. Um. Anybody want to donate? You're not destitute. Bucks? Pony up for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Anyway, stay on track. They... They have this beautiful little game they get to play here where they get to hand select, which they've honestly done for two straight election cycles, right? They killed off Bernie on purpose and hand selected Hillary. Everybody hated her. She lost. They killed off Bernie in round two um, and had the whole field conspire together to announce on the same day, the day before Super Tuesday, that they were backing Biden, got him over the hump. Um, Clyburn in South Carolina or whatever the guy's name is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, vouched for him and got the African-American vote to rally and the rest is history on that front. So here they are again. They don't need or want to go through a primary. Why air all their dirty laundry? Why let the world see how corrupt and grotesque all of these people are? No, it's brilliant. Have they done it before? Um, I feel like there is an example, but I can't put my Where they just on didn't have primaries and just hand-selected the candidate. And can the Republicans do the same thing? Um, I don't know as much about the Republicans' convention process, but I do know keep it's your, it's different than close, the Democrats. Enemy closer. It's different than the Democrats. The Democrats have this concept of quote super delegates. So I heard right. somebody detail it out just the other day. Mm-hmm. They can get to the convention. It, okay, so first of all, I think Joe Biden and. A man I know and respect who's an extraordinarily high-profile human being who also lost his father to dementia said to me, he watched his dad for eight years to come to it, and he can tell you he's seeing the exact same thing out of this man. I think I said it on the show the other day, but he was like, yeah, if you had told my dad any time during that eight-year stretch he couldn't be a member of the country club anymore, you'd have had a fight on your hands. That's yeah. what they got with Joe right now. Joe doesn't realize he has dementia. His wife is a terrible, I think, I think she's an evil person who wants the power right? Um, and wants to prop Joe up all the way. Dude, as because who, I mean, how could she, if, if she wasn't evil and like you just said, power driven. Well, they're all evil. Why right? would she continue to let him make an ass of himself for another four years? She certainly doesn't care about Joe. No. She doesn't care one bit about the human being she's married to. But anyway, um, they... They've probably tried to convince him, hey, remember before the last election when you promised everybody you'd be a one-term president? Ah, no, I'm doing a great job. Everybody, turn on the news. The news will tell you I'm doing a great job. He did say that, didn't he? I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So so they're they're dealing with a dementia patient. I totally forgot that that was like part of his deal. Turn on the news? No. That he oh that he would he was... back yeah yeah he said that he said he'd be a yeah. one term president and then uh-huh. they they pestered him about it for the first two years and then it was finally just like what twenty one or twenty two he's like no no I'm gonna run again yeah they're like wait what that wasn't part <laughs> or, of the deal Joe yeah so now they're in this catch twenty two where they're gonna have to take Joe out one way or another they'll either have to kill him or he'll have a stroke that renders him in- incompetent or they have this option they Stop can just giving him his meds prop him up until August. And then he is technically getting primary votes. So New Hampshire last week held their primary. They had a Democratic primary. The Biden 
campaign refused to play ball. They tried to claim we don't need to have a primary. We already have a candidate and the state of New Hampshire is like, no, we're the state of New Hampshire. We're the first in the nation. We're going to hold a primary. Even when there's an incumbent president, there's always a primary, huh. right? So this is what really blows my mind is that there was this massive campaign in New Hampshire to write in vote Joe Biden. That's how lost New Hampshireites are. You people should be freaking ashamed of yourself that you went as far. He didn't even want to run in your state. Guys like Dean Phillips, who I mentioned the other day, did. Um, anyway, he managed to get 60-something percent of the vote while he wasn't even on the ballot. Allegedly. Sure. Allegedly. Yeah, so 60% ran out there and voted for him. So he's going to accumulate. He's going to accumulate delegates, but then the Democratic National Committee, which I don't think the Republican Committee has, or can, yeah, it has these super delegates, which are like worth more. So when he gets to yeah. the con the convention, they're going to give him one more chance to do the right thing and step down, and probably convince him because Jill's probably in on it um, at that point. If not, they'll just say, "Okay, well, you're not getting our super de delegates, so we're either going to take it from you or you're going to surrender it." And once he once they've convinced him to bow out at that point, then the superdelegates go to their hand-selected successor, and then Joe can pledge his delegates to them. That person wins. No primary necessary. No vetting of the candidate. And it's off to, off to the races with uh, 45 Savage, which is DJT, Donald Trump, 45th president, who is a savage. <clears throat> Let's see. Yeah. Does the, re, re, party have You're on mics. Sucking again. That might be because I'm touching the computer and my kind of my kind of my kind Super delegates make up about 7% of all delegates to the Republican National Convention. What are you learning? Seven, seven percent. Stop touching the computer. I hate everything. That actually is a stupid Apple thing. <laughs> Superdelegates make up 7% of the Republican National Convention. What is the percentage of superdelegates? I think it's one-third for the Democrats. So if they get the superdelegates and then whoever is going to try to run against him? 15%. Okay. Yeah, so twice as many as the Republicans have. Anyway, so it, whatever they basically to sum it up before we're getting lost in the weeds here, they're going to say to these delegates, "You're going to switch your loyalty from Biden to whoever we tell you to," and they're going to say, "Okay," and then that's going to be church for Biden. Bye. Right. Right. That's it. Right. So they will and in the meantime, so from now until August twentieth, roughly, we will get to see a parade of wannabe candidates. Nobody's going to vote on them. There's not going to be any debates. Next week, gonna a new test. They're going to float mm -hmm. them out there and see if they ride the wind or if they pop. But we've already seen the new someone pop, so that's good. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you even heard anybody talking about him? It's, yeah, it's. He disappeared. That, he got good. destroyed in that debate, that, that dumb debate that he did with DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis, and we really haven't heard his name since. That wasn't a good play by him. He can't. Uh, here, here's I mean, he's that big of an thing. he's that big of an arrogant egomaniac. But he can't even believe what he stands for. Like he knows in his heart, like the transgendering kids and preventing parents from knowing that the school 
is letting them wear binders and referring to them as a different name, he knows that that's not acceptable. He knows that. He has to, right? What human actually thinks that that's okay? Oh, dude, I think these people believe it. I don't, I don't know. That's sad. But they're ruled by emotions. They're not ruled by anything. Dude, they all literally want any traditional concept of anything to be overturned. They don't believe in anything like biblical truth, biological truth. You know, they don't believe in the concept of an objective reality, dude. All of these postmodern Marxists don't believe there is such a thing as truth. And they believe to bring about the revolution, as I've talked about, they have to like undermine the status quo at every single level and continue to do so in perpetuity so that people are completely deranged and crazy and never stop being revolutionary. This is they want this, dude. They want to demutilate and destroy children so that they have a a just a cohort of of lost broken souls to manipulate that they can control exactly yes and if anybody doesn't believe that then come up with a better excuse for why why they want to do all the things you just said because there isn't one but like we said a couple shows ago we're going to keep repopulating and they're going to keep depopulating and at the end of the day there's going to be more of us than them that's right eugenics backfires backfires on the eugenicists that's when they'll get the robots involved Speaking of robots, uh, a drone killed three American Army soldiers and injured another 30 in an overnight attack in Jordan over the weekend. Allegedly. (laughs) Um, Biden has vowed retribution. I don't know what he's going to do. But that's an interesting question because historically u.s presidents when we're attacked whether here or abroad don't just sit idly by and say oh that's too bad there's always a reaction so we were talking about world war three last week on the show and then all of a sudden now we've been attacked like more than just you know trade ships and stuff like that um i mean i guess where did you say this happened i know the answer but tell me again in jordan right how did America get attacked in a nation in the Middle East where I don't really even understand why we have any people in it? There's the question. And did you know that we have enough oil to support ourselves in I America? Did. Mm-hmm. No, we still do. Yet, yet, we still have bases. Dude, we've been fighting a covert war on behalf of Saudi Arabia to suppress and oppress the Yemeni people for like 20 years now that nobody even knows about it unless you listen to a libertarian let's just bring everybody home. If the rest of the world wants to blow up, let's just let them. I don't care. Amen, Ron. Sound like Ron Paul. That's what we needed all along. The Ron Paul revolution. Yeah. I have zero interest in what's happening over there. And we wouldn't have lost three soldiers and had 30 other injured if we didn't have, what what, was it, a base? What got blown up in Jordan? A a base. We have a base. Yeah, like an outpost. Military base in Jordan. Yeah. How many foreign countries have military bases in the United States? I forget. We have a lot of allies. I don't recall any. Oh, right. None. That's weird. That's weird. We don't even have we don't even let allies have military bases in the US. Yet we have military bases in countries that everywhere hate us. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we get attacked at one of those bases, and that's the that is an attack somehow on the United States that means we have to go to war. 
Mm-hmm. Seems almost like. Seems We're asking for like. it. We're almost provoking it. To have an excuse to go to work is what did Smedley Butler say all the way back in the 30s? You know that is? Mm-mm. The four-star general that they tried to recruit to run for president in his book. I think it was a book. It might have just been an article. I think he wrote a book. He definitely mm-hmm. wrote a well-known publication called War is a Racket. And that was so even he was before, before Eisenhower. Even before Eisenhower. This was oh. no secret all the way back in between World War One and World War Two. That the military industrial complex, you know, he was given Eisenhower was given credit for coining that term, but that's what Smedley Butler was describing. But what choice did we have in in World War Two when there's mass genocide going on? I mean, that, I don't think we oh, nobody we were, seemed we didn't we do a damn thing about the mass genocide until our until our base in Hawaii got bombed. Got yeah. You know. So what so, choice do we have then? I mean, mm, I don't know that we really had a choice at that point. I, have a yeah, I mean, on some level, you have to say they're trying to mass exterminate an entire sect of humanity. It's like I should said the other day, dude. Should we get involved in that, or should we just say, "Nope, not a problem"? We because I'm more, I'm more prone to say we should get involved in that. But when it's about oil and money, I'm like, I, and I don't care about that. But that I'm, is what it's all about. That's what I'm saying. All, none of it ever had anything to do with. They didn't. No, they, it had a lot to do with anti-Semitism. Hitler literally hated the Jews, and wanted to exterminate. But we didn't them. give a damn until Pearl Harbor. We didn't know they were doing that. Have you watched Band of Brothers? Have you studied history? They didn't know those concentration I, that's camps not existed. True. That's not true. Hitler well, was writing letters. Hitler was writing letters to the acolytes of Woodrow Wilson, the original American progressive. All of whom, all of those people were eugenicists. He was heralding his ideas the came American, from us. American soldiers that were there didn't know about it. And the people, American soldiers. Yeah, citizens, the American soldiers never know about it. They're just taking orders. America talking about didn't people. know about it. About, the world did not. Okay, if you want to say the, talking about the, the world public, leaders, public the masters. elites knew about it, sure. Right. Nobody else did. It was hidden. Okay, but that's all part of, that's called propaganda. The story as we know it today is we were pretty happy to be, you know, neutral until we were completely un, uh, you know, uh, unjustly and wrongfully attacked out of nowhere by Japan. Even though, as we said last week or the week before, we knew it was coming Hmm. and we let all those men stay in their barracks asleep in their in their bunks in those ships asleep until the bombing started. Hmm. Well. Fast forward from the 1940s to 2024. Whose drone was it? Whose what? Whose drone was it? Dude, probably ours. And I'm not even joking. (laughs) I'm not joking one bit, dude. I I do not not put it past the United States of America and the deep state military industrial complex because they've friggin' done it before and they've admitted it. Who do you talked about? Operation Northgate, where the Joint Chiefs of Staff tried to strong arm John F. Kennedy into letting them shoot down an American airliner so they could blame it on the Cubans and invade Cuba. Right. And he was like, no, I'll give you the Bay and Pigs instead. Right? Then right. he got assassinated. Well, who are they blaming it on? It's, it's an easy answer. They're blaming it on militias backed by Iran. Correct. Iran. There's the key right. word right there. See, it's, it's, they say it was fired by out of Syria, but backed by Iran. It seems like we're uh, intent on getting down to blows with Iran on some level. You think? The, 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 the West Clark 7. 
We've talked about the West Clark Seven before, right? Uh, I don't. It's not ringing a bell. Presidential hopeful General Wesley Clark says the White House devised a five-year plan after the 9/11 strikes to attack seven majority Muslim countries. This man is recorded on television talking about this. Former commander of NATO forces in Europe, Clark claims he met a senior military official in Washington in November 2001 who told him the Bush administration was planning to attack Iraq first before taking action against Syria, Lebanon, failed state now, Libya, failed state now, Iran, Hmm. Somalia, and Sudan. Hmm. The biggest jewel in that crown is the one we're now making noises about going to war against. Who backed a militia who quote-unquote bombed an American installation and quote-unquote killed three American citizens. It's Iran's fault. Just ask ask Lindsey Graham. (laughs) How long has he been talking about trying to bomb Iran? Here's the question that I have. So we go to World War III. Bomb Iran. His homeboy, um, um, McCain. He's been wanting to bomb Iran since he sang that song. You know what I'm talking about, right? John McCain? Yeah. Singing bomb, 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 Iran. No, I haven't heard that one. That's awesome. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. This is a question I was going to ask. So we go to World War III. How does that affect you and I and the listener? Because will will that end up in our laps on American soil? Or will most of that just take place over there where it's kind of out of mind, out of sight? Um, I don't know the military capabilities of, of Iran. Like if they could just fire up a nuke and get it over here because they have nukes. I don't or know, is man. This something where I mean, we just blow up the whole country. I other than, seen... dude, other than, other than 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, we have been blessed as the world superpower to have never had it come to our actual shores. Right, which this reminds me of a book. What book was that? I would think book. that our military defense systems are so. It was this. It was this weird book. Technologically about never ending war. It was this weird book about never ending war and how like the enemy would just change all of a sudden and and the government would just say, well, we were always at war with this country, not this other country, right? And everybody would just believe it. And every now and then, rockets would fire into their cities. Um, not a whole lot of people would be killed, but everybody would be really scared, and it would be justification yeah, dude, to continue you're to talking go to about war. 1984. Never, never, never. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Right. Just so, like the underlying theme for, of this entire show for 80 years, America has been in some war or another that has never been one that came to our own shores. Yet, um, we've spent ourselves into a 30 trillion dollar deficit to support lining the pockets of politicians and um you know major shareholders in these bomb making corporations the, the entire time um we have bases everywhere no one has bases here your question is if this is world war 3 will we see it here and my answer would be at a bare minimum much like world's war world war 1 and 2 you will see propaganda of it here. Um, we already are. You will see impacts at grocery stores and gas stations and the price of things. And I don't know if you're aware, but there's a British military um, you know, top brass guy 
maybe basically like their version of Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, I think, mm-hmm. who is preparing the Brits for conscription into military service in the basically inevitable looming war with Russia. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. That's just in the last week. The Brits are being told, get ready for a draft. And also, as you played last week, I think it's the same guy who was talking about buying batteries. The rest of that speech was, we're about that to go to war. That was British, though. That was a... Uh, oh, yeah. NATO. He was a NATO guy. Mm-hmm. Hold on a second. Admirable, Let me see if this is... Admiral something. On the presidential campaign trail this week, Senator John McCain got a taste of how quickly an off-the-cuff remark can spread in the internet age. In this case, the senator from Arizona mixed foreign policy and music to mixed reviews. NPR's Don Gagne reports. It was just another campaign event for John McCain two nights ago in the retirement and tourist town of Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. Then a man stood up and asked the senator about Iran. This is the audio from a video clip that showed up on YouTube.com yesterday. Now, never mind if they get a nuclear weapon. When do we send them an airmail message to Tehran? In case that was a bit hard to hear, the questioner seemed to suggest bombing Iran. Or, as he put it, sending an airmail message to Tehran. McCain, seen in grainy footage shot from well back in the hall, responds. That old Beach Boy song, Bomberan. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, anyway. <laughs> bomb, bomb. <laughs> yeah, um, so again, you'll see it at the grocery store. You'll see it in the gas stations. You may end up seeing it when, well, regardless, we will have young men going over there to die, whether they're yeah, drafted I mean, uh, yeah. or they volunteer. Um, but I am certainly concerned that this will be the one that actually comes here because as we talked about last week, simultaneous, <laughs> did you see the Babylon B headline that was, um, Biden distracts America from civil war by starting world war. Yes, I did. That was brilliant. So that's the problem this time around, right? Is unlike nine 11, when the whole country rallied behind the destruction of the, the world trade center and the crashing into the Pentagon, unlike Pearl Harbor, when the country rallied around the alleged, you know, unprovoked attack on, you know, an American state, um, and then the propaganda machine cranked up and said, look what they're doing to the Jews this time. What's the rallying cry? Meanwhile, our nation is as divided as it's ever been. So if you were actually going to try an attack on the United States itself, would there be a better time? No, sure. But is our military defense defense system good enough to impenetrable? happening I, I mean do you think iran has as like good of technology as we do when do you remember the chinese balloon uh yes but we also talked about how that was a psyop and that we knew it was there the whole time yeah okay try to try to keep up with me buddy <laughs> yes i think the american military industrial intelligence complex will absolutely know if something's planned on our soils mm-hmm well, but you're, I think like, I think like Pearl Harbor and pop, maybe 9/11 you're saying that yeah okay uh, they'll just, we'll just let, let, it, it let it let it roll that way I mean it's exactly what they've been saying about October 7th in Israel that not not who all those people how could they they are supposedly the most secured nation state on the planet they provide us with certain technologies 
we have complete transparency between our two countries on these you know weapons of defense and warfare and yet they got attacked by dudes dropping in with parachutes and now they're actually working to eradicate the palestinian whatever the hell it is mm-hmm. province right so i'm sitting here saying we're so divided that we are seem to be facing an actual civil war and if the united states government really does want to drag us into world war three and knows damn good and well that they need some basic majority of the american populace like okay look what happened with ukraine right two years ago 60 something percent confoundingly of american citizens were willing to spend us into oblivion for ukraine as inflation was skyrocketing now mm-hmm. the numbers flipped 60% of Americans are like, yeah, I don't really care anymore about this whole Ukraine thing. I'm a lot more concerned about the price of my eggs. I've noticed what? that they're not uh, funding it of, anymore. A lot of folks' Facebook profile photos are no longer blue and yellow flags. A lot less blue and yellow flags. My point is the government's going to know that they're going to need something besides three guys in Jordan. Mm-hmm. God bless rest their souls and bless their families. Right going to take more than an attack on a base in jordan that i would guarantee the most most americans if polled would say where is jordan and why do we have a base there to rally this country behind the cause of civil of a world war that could result in our sons being potentially drafted at 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 best sent off to die so could we stop anything maybe will we doubtful nothing will let something through uh good old-fashioned mass murder like 370 something thousand illegals in the month of December alone, who we have no idea where they came from and what their intention is here. A lot of them are Muslim too, by the way. Supposedly. No, not supposedly. Probably. I mean, I don't know. They are. Uh, I mean, how do we know who's checking their, who's checking what Holy scripture they're carrying? Like looking at footage from boots on the ground reporters, part of the media machine. But Are they wearing turbans? Like how do you, I mean, how do you tell? I think that's a giveaway. Well, I, I mean, who knows? Oh, here's a, here's a Did you see this? Uh I think I might have seen it. Rogan repost it, but I don't even know who this guy is, but I'm going to play this. Notice this picture? Protesters outside the New York courtroom with anti-Trump signs. How does this pic make you feel? If you love Trump, this may upset you. The weaponization of the justice system. If you hate Trump, this may vindicate you, knowing there are people out there that understand your cause and protesting on your behalf. Either way, you are manipulated to feel that way by the fake news. Check out this video. This is the actual video of this picture. Two dudes with signs, dude. That's the entire protesters most likely paid and 30 mainstream media cameras. So definitely recorded. Now check this out. Did a quick reverse lookup on this picture. Can you see how many news articles this picture was used all over the world? Hundreds. I mean, I'm still scrolling the same exact fake pic used to manipulate your mind. Who is this guy? Uh, That I I do not know. He is all Uh, over. Yeah, but so the 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 stock image and the thirty news outlets there. There was two dudes, two older white guys holding up anti-Trump signs. That's it. But they shot it from you know down to make it look like hey the whole in the it's in front of the who building. knows how many thousands are right behind them and they look right. all intimidating and scary. Sure, yeah, exactly, I can, dude. Yeah, I, can, I can picture it. Yeah, 
for sure. Yeah. Th- that's, well, that's exactly what, so so then I, you know I, i've been hearing a lot about that first of all he's so, absolutely i don't right. know they what's really happening border. at the border but going what made me think of that clip was i don't know what's real at the border i do know we have we're having a mass invasion right we all know that's to, that's true what images we get what video we get from there what's staged what's fake i how would anybody know what to trust at this point yeah i, I mean that God was the case is about the only answer i can come up with right <laughs> That's what I came up with on January 6th of 2021. Yeah. Is that 21? Yeah. Yep. Put your faith there. Don't believe any of this other nonsense. So the place that I was uh, duck hunting, the Pipkin Ranch, there's a strategic oil reserve there on the ranch. And they have a million barrels of oil right there at all times. And when gas gets too high, Biden just releases some of those. And they're, they're placed throughout the country. There's way more than one. But uh, I'd never actually seen one. I mean, just big giant tanks, I guess, right? Uh, all underground. Probably. Oh, it was mm-hmm. all underground. I guess mm-hmm. that makes sense if it's strategic. Yeah. Gosh, they got a million barrels of oil stored right under the ground. I mean, that's where it came from. Right there. Yeah. But the, just to put that into perspective, there, I see it right over there. There's, uh, I mean, on this cattle ranch, now they've, they've got probably 300 employees that work at that thing full time. There's trucks everywhere. And, uh, then you, then you see it. It's like, oh, look at all this oil we have. Why are we fighting a war in the Middle East? Why do we have an outpost in Jordan? So that these yeah. politicians can line their pockets, line the pockets of their supporters, their investors, campaign donors. It's never made more sense than it has than than this World War Three situation. And, you know, the older we, we get, the more, I think, apparent that becomes. When you were in your 20s, 9-11 wasn't about oil to you. Um, No, I, I disagree. I, I was pretty aware. Like, two things can be true at once, right? I knew sure. what had happened. And, you know, I used to have a support our troops sticker or, like, magnet on my tailgate of my truck. Mm-hmm. And if you'd asked me, who are you pro-war? I'd have said, no, actually, I can't stand this war, and it's all about oil, but I still support our troops because they don't know. Well, I think most people – well, no, I don't think. I, I was aware was that like, – Let's go over there and let's get some retribution for these people that attacked us, right? Like, we want blood for blood. Yeah, well, and that's why, you know, vengeance is frowned upon in our <laughs> – according to our Lord and Savior, right? Eh, uh, read the Old Testament. There's plenty of vengeance in there that was called on by God. Uh-huh. So I don't know that. I don't know that God is not a vengeful God. I don't believe. That. I believe He is very vengeful. God's vengeance is just, though. God gets to do whatever He wants. I, I'm talking. Okay, about... Okay, but I'm just saying, like, don't act like God doesn't about... have vengeance. But does He call human beings to act out their own vengeance? Oh, vengeance through him. Look at David and Goliath. Look at Samson and the Philistines. Look at Moses and leading the Israelites through, I think it was the Dead Sea or the Red Sea. Uh, And then all of a sudden, the water collapses on the Egyptians, killing them. Jesus certainly calls us. How many times were the Israelites in war in the Old Testament? Listen, to your point, I think there's probably such a thing as righteous vengeance. Okay. I don't think that invading Iraq after we were supposedly attacked by Saudi Arabians who were hiding out in Afghanistan 
is a representation in any way of righteous vengeance. I wouldn't. I wouldn't it was all about oil. It was all about 100%. oil. And I did know when I was in my 20s that it was always all about the oil. Yeah. On 9-11 that day, did you not feel like, man, we got to do For something. sure when we invaded Iraq and Bush was asked, why are we going to Iraq when supposedly these people are in Afghanistan? And his response was something like, well, they tried to kill my dad. And the next, the first thing we did was, okay, do you, do you know who Dick Cheney was before he was yeah. vice president, right? Oh, yeah. CEO of Halliburton. Mm-hmm. Guess who got all the contracts to go over there and take over all the refineries and crude production places? Yeah, not Halliburton. <laughs> right. Wait. Oh, yes, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I saw right. I, to your point, on 9-11, I think we were all just like, what in the hell just happened? But by the time we invaded Iraq, I knew exactly what was going on. Uh, yeah, I think I think most people probably did. No, I wouldn't even say brain. most people, right? Yeah, most is a stretch, probably. Yeah. Um. How about the great trader, Elon Omar, squad member? Did you hear what she said? She's speaking in Somalian, but I'm going to play it, and I'm just going to tell you what she said because it is pretty messed up. Okay. There's no reason to listen anymore. That's that, right up. Here's what she said. Here's this is the point is this. Reading the translation here. My answer to Somalians is that the US government will only do what Somalians in the US tell them to do. They will do what we want and nothing else. They must follow our orders, and that is how we will safeguard the interest of Somalia. We Somalians must have the confidence in ourselves that we call the shots for the US. We live in the US. We pay taxes in the U.S. and have a real voice. The U.S. is a country where one of your daughters, myself, is in Congress to represent your interest. For as long as I am in the U.S. Congress, Somalia will never be in danger. Its waters, Indian Ocean, will not be stolen by Ethiopia or others. Is she a freaking U.S. citizen? Or is she the daughter of Somalia? Because I'm really confused right now about what that bitch said. I'm not confused. She's pretty clearly made her hatred of this country and everything that it stands for clear since the day she somehow got elected. So, what can we do? can we get her out with like this is treason? Is there? I mean, in theory, she should lose in the fall if the state of Minnesota hadn't turned into a psychotic anti-American leftist hellhole. Apparently, it has. So, I mean, this has made my blood boil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's terrible. I that took it to a new level for me. So, the daughter of Somalia, the U.S. will bend the knee to whatever I tell them. F you, lady. Um, Canadian restaurateur Jesse Johnson. Let's go here because I think there's a lot of. Uh, we we know that we can't go after big pharma, right? They're protected on the whole vaccine thing. But when businesses were forced to close, do you think that uh, civil suits will have legs, like as far as businesses suing the state or even the federal government for lost? Uh, you know, okay. Well, here's no. It's called sovereign immunity. 
Well, here's his. This is this restaurant. Suing owner. a civil suit, yes. Uh, it is a, a, a bittersweet irony what happened here today. Uh, my restaurant was shut unadjudicated. I was uh, deemed uh, guilty without going to a court of law. They shut a man's business down of 20 years, uh, two families that depended on that. 30 people that were employed by it, the millions of, t- of dollars in taxes that I collected every year because I did what? Because I chose to accept all and to extend my love to all the fine people of Calgary. A travesty uh, of justice is what, what, this, what, what occurred. Really, truly a shame, a grotesque perversion of hospitality. Uh, and I hope, I hope and pray that uh, my brothers and the sisters in the restaurant industry will stand up in the future uh, and refuse to discriminate any of their customers. So he served the unclean, the unvaxxed, and they shut his restaurant down. I mean, I assume Canada is probably even worse than the United States when it comes to concepts like sovereign immunity. Um, but yeah, the, the best you could hope for is an argument for a taking. So like if the government wants to put a new interstate highway through the middle of your property, they have to compensate you for that. Mm-hmm. Um they can just do it. They can do it by eminent domain and just take it and then give you whatever they deem fit for it. If you can't, if you're not willing to negotiate his dad on, uh, in Henry's soccer club, they live, he's on one of the other teams in Henry's age group, but on that failed trip to Ecuador that we were going to try to go to last summer, we got to spend some time in the Houston airport and was talking to him and they live there's He has five kids and they live on like 15 acres just outside of like the McKinney area. And he said that they're going to take his property, uh, eminent domain. They're putting in a freeway or some tollway or something there. And he's like, I'm just waiting for them to give me the best offer because it's happening. He's like, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You try to, if you're ever in that position, you negotiate for the best you can get because Mm. I mean, there are times where you can win if they decide that you're not worth the headache and there's a simple fix around you. Um, but then what's going to end up happening is you're going to have that highway like running the border of your property. Mm-hmm. So she'll devalue it. Yep. Yeah. Either way you lose. Right. So a court in, in Canada last week, I think, uh, ruled that, um, basically that the, there was a, there was a court ruling that the crackdown on the trucker protest in particular, the hijacking of their bank accounts was unlawful. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and he, he broke down on an analysis that, that, you know, Trudeau's government claims under emergency powers, under the emergency powers act, that it was in the you know national security of Canada to violently, you know, thwart this thing. And again, take people's money, uh, in the process. Um, so a Canadian judge went through it and ruled that there was no basis for their decision. Um, mostly because there there was no rational argument that there was a national security matter at stake. Just this lady, this lady who is a Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum acolyte, that's like his right hand gal. She has, you know, been asked to answer for this and said, "While we respect the authority of the courts, certainly we disagree, and we will be appealing with respect." Um, the National Emergency Act uh, gives us the power to have done this, including for the security of the nation's economy, uh, not just its physical security. And that's how we decided we, we were very deliberate and we thought very hard about it. And these people were, you know, right wing extremists who were hurting people 
and harming the economy with their road blockades. And so, so the irony, they were harming people. It sounds to me like they were protecting themselves by not taking your stupid shot. Right. <laughs> Who was doing the harm? Right. And you talk about the economy being shut down. Well, that's because you told them they couldn't work if they didn't take your stupid shot. Apparently somebody who I think would, would have probably been like a, a reporter, I would assume a sports reporter who was all over Novak Djokovic for his refusal, mm -hmm. died suddenly of a heart attack in the last couple of weeks. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. We're really uh, all over the road today. That's okay. You asked me if I followed died suddenly. Is that like an Instagram page of all the people that are just keeling over dead from myocarditis related symptoms? Yeah, well, there's a documentary called Died Suddenly, but then there's also like Died Suddenly International or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, one of the guys I, I follow, um, he's the Evergreen College guy who created that huge firestorm when he said, I, I, you know, I'm not going to not go to work today. Um, mm -hmm. He when when, he, when it was supposed to be like a right their whole that ever that lefty college out in Oregon where they for thirty years had a day of absence where minorities would stay home and the purpose yeah. was to show like their contribution to the to to society and to campus at administrators you know staff students and then they decided the 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 you know whatever they call it the the organization on campus for minorities was like, no, this year, how about all the whites stay home? And he was like, well, first of all, I'm Jewish. Um, I don't really even identify just as white. Second of all, no, like I'm for your cause. Always have been. But you staying home to make a point versus telling me I have to stay home from doing my job to make a point. Those are two totally different things. Yeah. And then he created fired, that huge right? firestorm. And Oh, yeah, he's done work. He and his wife both don't work there anymore. Um. He went on Tucker a couple weeks ago, and he claims that from the circles he's running in, which are noteworthy, that there's an estimate currently of as many as 17 million people globally who have died of these shots. Sports Good. journalist yes. Mike yes. Dixon, who attacked Novak Djokovic, dies suddenly at Australian Open. Ow, oh, at the Australian Open, where Djokovic was. How... Yeah, was, wasn't it? What was it? Was it the a nice little bow? Way was to it the World Cup up. or the Euro Cup where there was another announcer that died right in the middle of vaccine mandates? Mm, I don't remember that. George Floyd protesters got $10 million in damages. Did you see that? No, that's freaking yeah. awesome. George Floyd protesters to get $10 million from Seattle in lawsuit settlement because the police were a little too physical with them as they were rioting and looting and burning businesses down. It's such a shame that the Emerald <laughs> City is just a, I mean, it's just that, I feel like the Pacific Northwest is the home of American Maoism. I know we've talked about that, but it's been a long time ago. <laughs> there is a Maoist revolution going on in the Pacific Northwest right now. And the Antifa homies. Oof. We all, you know, said so we've been all over the map. Well, let's bring it back to what we do here. And uh, what do we do here? Bringing it back to trans. Thank you, Stella, for that. So, oh, well, right now we're going to go to. The Church of England 
has its first non-binary, openly non-binary priest, Bingo Allison. I'm not sure if that was her born name, 36. You're not. Christian name. Is genderqueer and says God guided them to come out. Good morning and welcome to the Church of St. Margaret of Antioch in Toxteth. It's a real looker. And today is Transgender Day of Visibility. Uh, my name is Reverend Bingo Allison, and I am a non-binary transgender priest in the Church of England. Um, as part of our uh, commemoration of Transgender Day of Visibility, we have a morning prayer service. We don't need to listen to any more, but take a look at that thing. Bingo Allison, or Addison, Dude, whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, that person looks like they're preaching at a Church of Satan. And they probably, let's be honest, does that person rape kids or not? Mm. Probably, I don't care anymore, dude. You know what? Oh, I saw this great meme the other day for all of the uh, drag queens, transgender people wanting to read books to kids. Why aren't they screaming about, or why don't they go read to homeless people or go to the nursing home? Why is it always kids? Why kids? Yeah, because you're a pervert and you know it. Ashley's the listening end. to you and she goes, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop with your rhetorical questions. Everybody knows why. Exactly. Indoctrination. Uh, I got nothing else except for the meme of the week. Do you have anything else? Uh, give me a second while you play the meme of the week and I'll let you know. It's time for the meme of the week. Oh, it's just this. Uh, it's the KFC special. It's got the colonel on there and it says uh, Taylor Swift special two bony thighs two small breasts and a left wing for 895 <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one i like that i like that a lot they are yeah unfortunately they, uh, i don't have oh come on too that's bad great. the chiefs won they yeah to, chiefs we talked about lamar and he failed us just like dak lamar is the afc version of dak can't big, can't win the big one now he's one in 3 in home playoff games well, apparently Apparently, the refereeing was so egregious that there are lots of people claiming it was rigged today just to get Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl. I saw Jen Psaki on saying how uh, the right-wingers are all up in arms about claiming, they're just claiming, you know, no basis to what they're saying, but uh, that the left is propping up Taylor Swift because her influence will, she's supported Biden in the past. And you're saying the officiating was so bad? I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe they want her to be a part of the Super Bowl with uh, Mr. Clearly, Pfizer. Dude. Clearly, they want her. Yes, they're mm -hmm. the NFL is absolutely doing this on purpose. There's, there's no doubt about that. We haven't talked about Donald Trump being ordered to pay uh, a crazy million. lady who spoke glowingly about rape on CNN with Anderson Cooper once upon a time, uh, eighty-four million dollars. Um, that's laughable. Uh, that that is for um, that is a def that's a case of defamation for him saying not nice things about her. So eighty four million the, bucks, not the sexual allegation thing that they changed the state law for. So she had won that case mm -hmm. as well as a defamation case born from that and got five million this time because he didn't shut up about her and he kept talking bad about her. Now she claims that she lost her job at Vogue. I think it was Vogue. Um, because he was talking bad about her? No, no, because they want him talking bad about her. That yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with eyeballs. the fact that she's 70. And like I said, she's a crazy lady who talked about rape being sexy with Anderson Cooper 
that's a fact. Um, yeah, you know, the onslaught on him continues. Unfortunately, I don't have a cool update on my favorite soap opera, Fanny Willis, Fanny Willis saga. Um, but by the end of this week, as we record next week, there will be because her deadline to file uh, a response to the original motion in Michael Roman's uh, case about her being um, having a conflict of interest where he asked the whole case to be dismissed. Her response to that is due this week, and she has yet to have filed it. And also, Mr. Wade will be testifying at a hearing in his divorce case this week and may very well be asked some questions under oath about the affair. Um, but yeah, as of this recording, not much has changed from last week. Um, but man, I can't wait to see what shakes out. Let's see. What else? Um, that's an update. Uh, I did find this out. So she's already been removed. Um, she tried to go after in addition. She tried to have a 20th um, defendant, which was a man who has since been, I think, elected to the Georgia Senate. I, I can't think of his name. But mm -hmm. um, back in like August of last year, I guess that's when the subpoenas came out. Um, a different judge had ruled that she, so she, <laughs> she had been the headline speaker at a campaign dinner for this dude's Democratic opponent, specifically because of her high profile notoriety for bringing at that point. So they 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 went, got to work on the case in 2021, but they didn't get the they didn't get the indictments from the special grand jury until August of 2022, right? Mm. So somewhere in the interim, she she keynote speaks at a dinner fundraiser dinner for the Democrat running against this now Georgia senator, and so the judge said that's a de facto conflict of interest. You can't prosecute you can't prosecute a man from the opposite political party when you're helping his opponent fundraise. <laughs> so she got removed from but that. You case. can run a state election when you're the attorney general that oversees the election. Right. Yeah. We should probably touch on Carrie too. So, so that case, so she got removed from that case in, I think it was August. And as it stands currently, it has not been reassigned. So that case has been dead in the water for mm -hmm. what? five plus almost six months now. So presuming that the current judge on these cases takes a similar approach and decides, yeah, this relationship is at least at best creating the appearance of impropriety, mm -hmm. which is the standard when it comes to prosecution. You don't have to have an, you understand the difference between an actual conflict of interest and an apparent conflict of interest, right? Sure. Right. They've already screwed up because they definitely have a bare minimum created the appearance of a conflict of interest in that well, she's no, it's paying way this past guy. that. It's a conflict. I agree. I think it's an actual conflict of interest. And I think the conflict of interest was there. Dude, the conflict of interest was there the day that she ran for the office under the tar just like Letitia James, the Secretary of State, or the uh, I'm sorry, the Attorney General in New York. These people ran on the grounds that they would find a reason to prosecute Donald Trump, and now they're doing so. It's that's a conflict of interest. You don't need this awesome, dirty, sexy rape or not rape. <laughs> Jeez. Whoa. <laughs> Edit that. 
for me. I'm not editing it. Just please, keep going. You don't need no, this. Just, I'm not this doing. I don't have dirty, time to do extra work. I'm not editing need, all your microphone foo bars today. We're just rolling. You, you don't need the, this dirty uh, allegation of 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 a you know of an affair where the guy's profiting a hundred dollars per hour for you know more than the the actually yeah. qualified lawyers. Yeah. To know there's a conflict here, but my point is even there's an there's a bare minimum appearance, and so she has to be removed from it. And if the other case is any go by, if she gets removed this month, this next month, February, how long will it take for the state of Georgia to get the whole thing back on the rails? It seems impossible that this case won't be derailed uh, beyond the November election, election time frame. Right? So actual what could turn out to be a win for the Trump campaign, which those in the, uh, not in the court of opinion, he wins there more often than not, but in the actual court system, he takes the L every time. Every time. I mean, the only place he's actually taken the L to date has been in the state of New York. Oh, well, just the really fact they bring it. him up on charges is okay. To me, trumped up. Well, charges. yeah, I taking mean, the fair, L every it, time. This shouldn't like, be happening at all. You're right. But I'm yeah. You're right. It shouldn't but, be happening. But all it does is strengthen him in the court of public opinion. It's just, I mean, seems like like every yeah. time they do that, and it, just like we've talked about, Trump's my man now. He's my boy. And before, I was just kind of like, eh, I'm just mm, I'm voting for him Dude, because. To, like, to your point, two months ago, the whole argument for DeSantis and Haley against Trump was look at the general election polling because for a long time now, Real Clear Politics has been maintaining an average of Trump versus Biden. DeSantis versus Biden and Haley versus Biden. And two months ago, Trump was maybe losing to him by a half a point on average, and the other two were winning, right? And Haley was winning by a couple points. DeSantis was winning by like one. As more and more of this has come out, even that, I'm looking at it right now as I speak. DeSantis versus Biden, which is irrelevant, and I'm sure they'll remove that soon since he's not even running anymore, is a tie. In the general election, Average of polls that real clear politi politics aggregates. They've got DeSantis versus Biden a tie. They've got Haley winning by 1.2. Trump is up 3.9 now. He is tripling Haley's lead against Biden. Mm -hmm. And it's all because of what you're saying. The more that they, he's, the more he's, they go after him with that these. Again. He's 3.9 points ahead of Biden. A, yeah. That's not very much. I thought it'd be way more than that. I mean, dude, first of all, we already know only 33% of the country think he's doing a good job. I mean, his approval ratings in the garbage. That, that seems super low to me, but, but it is substantial but, that it's three times what DeSantis and Haley are getting. I mean, a 4%, if he was to win the United States election, the, you know, the presidential election by 4% uh, of the popular vote, that would be a landslide victory. Right. In modern politics. Right. So it's a substantial margin, first of all. Second of all, if you look at the actual number, it's 47.8 to 43.9. He's getting close to 50 percent. He hasn't had an approval rating above like 43 since he ran for office the first time. Hmm. So he, he's he, he is growing. He is getting very close to having half of the respondents to all of these aggregated polls in his camp. Right. And yet he'll still lose the election. And Somehow. in neither election did he ever have a lead in these general election uh, aggregated average polls. So mm. just the fact that he had, I mean, to me, you can assume a two full percent Trump. 
These polls under have, have historically undervalued Trump by a couple of percent, right? If it's a couple of percent low to the Trump's negative and it's already a four point lead. All right. Now, now we're that's, that would make sense. Right. My, yeah, exactly. My point is it's way worse than it looks, but even at 3.9, it's substantial. So, so interestingly, and of course you have to, you would have to dive into the individual polls to really understand what these numbers are supposed to mean, right? Like 47.8 to 43.9, that is pretty close to a hundred percent, right? In fact, mm -hmm. is that not technically over 100%? That is over 100%, isn't it? It's a little over 90%. Duh. I don't do math well in my head, y'all, in case that wasn't clear. <clears throat> so, so obviously there's additional candidates. There's some people who said they don't know yet, right? 91.7% is represented in that Trump versus Biden, right? And Trump's almost to 50. In the Haley-Biden matchup, the numbers are 41.3 to 40.1. So he's beaten Nikki Haley in these theoretical matchups against Biden by over 6%, almost 6.5%. Biden loses 3.8% support in a matchup versus Haley. So that means Biden voters are jumping to Haley, and she still doesn't have enough to overcome Trump. And collectively... They're at 82.4% of the vote, which means that 18% of the people polled versus 8% in the Trump-Biden matchup are like anybody but these two. Right. But the media would have you believe that nobody wants the Trump versus Biden rematch. Which nobody, no, definitely nobody wants the Biden part. But Well, let's go to a possible VP candidate for Trump. She's making her case. And... Uh... Very astute by Kerry on the timing of releasing the uh, the lake tape, as Fox News called it. And this is Jesse Waters uh, breaking this down. And you'll hear the audio of her talking with uh, what was the you look up the dude's name Chisholm that was the head of the uh, Arizona GOP because I said was he no longer is. But let's take a listen to this while you do that. Senate seat there, but not everybody wants her to run. A recording was made of a conversation between Carrie Lake and the chair of the Arizona Republican Party. The chair of the party, Jeff DeWitt, oh, there it is. appears to be relaying an offer for Carrie Lake to not run for the Senate this cycle in exchange for a cushy corporate no-show job. Lake says she can't be bought, plain and simple. Primetime has a copy of that tape. Take a listen. They, there are very powerful people who want to keep you out. Of they know what they do. But they're willing to put their money where their mouth is in a big way. So, this conversation never This is crazy, though. They shouldn't want me. I'm a great candidate. People love me. These people are corrupt. Well, maybe you're right. So what do they want? What do they want me to do? You want to stay out for two years. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I got after you. The ask I got today from back east was, is this is for us. Is there any companies out there or something that could just put her on the payroll and give her, keep her out? And I said, 
what do you want me to do? Like, whatever we need to do. I'm not willing to accept that. Then I'm going to be the biggest pain in these people's ass. And go back and tell them that. I'm running, and I'm going to be the biggest pain in their ass. And I'm willing to tell them that. And they're going to have to kill me to stop me. Is there a number at which... I can be bought. <laughs> That's what it's about. You can take a pause for a couple years. No. Make a right back to No. 10 million, 20 million, 30, no, no, no. A billion, no. This is not about money. This is about our country. So it, it was hard to hear what he was saying. Audio was bad, but uh, you could definitely make out what she was saying, which was no, she won't be paid to go away for the next two years and, and you know have some cushy corporate job she doesn't have to show up to yeah let me give you another take on this this is her being booed several days later at a republican convention where she was getting up to present why is she getting booed because i don't think you've got the right take on this dude elections in arizona this election is about making sure that our elections in 2024 are run fairly and there's not anybody in the country who's better at that yeah, so I mean, there was a little bit of, of a mixed couldn't. reaction in there, right? Um, but you could tell she was off guard. She thought she had done something everybody was going to be really into by burning this cat, who, you know, was the messenger, mm-hmm. right? To be fair to this guy, he was just delivering a message, and she hung him out to dry, right? Um, yeah, she did. Half of that crowd was not particularly thrilled with her approach to things, and she was surprised by it. There's a lot of people speculating that, you know, Trump Trump sort of, there was some stuff. He, he, he has always spoken very glowingly of her because she loves him so much and promotes him so much, and that's how you get Trump to say yeah, nice things about re- you. I mean, we can all see right through that, right? She's pledging her allegiance to him because that will get she her where she wants to go. Right. And he, in the last couple of months especially, has been pushing her back at arm's length publicly. Um, so maybe that's why she felt the need to go nuclear and burn this cat. Maybe she did it because she thought it was the right thing to do. When you w- listen to No Agenda break it down, I'm with them a thousand percent, as pretty much always, which is that I, they think she manipulated the audio. And of course, Adam Curry is, I mean, an absolute world-class expert at, at audio um they think she well, manipulated i mean it. she they're basically saying that she cut and spliced it to make it sound better right they think she spliced in certain parts but also even the questions that were legitimate the way she is talking to him made it sound like she was baiting him right and okay so are you aware that she walks around microphoned all the time mm-hmm. so she has a camera crew following her for a life documentary she's doing I'm instantly suspicious of anybody who feels the need to record themselves going through life all the time, like a damn Kardashian, right? Instantly suspicious. Mm. So she's mic'd, which is why she sounds great and he sounds all muffled. But their point is, listen to how she's, she's responding with red meat, right? That she thinks is going to play to the base and then making statements and questions in such a way as to just get him to say more and more bad stuff. They were like, she's a broadcaster. This is what she does. She knows how to manipulate an interview. So yeah, this was, I mean, you said I had that 
my take was off. I didn't really give you a take. I just said you said that you thought it, she was she had made a smart play or a smart move or something. No, I said like I think she's she the timing of this was st strategic on her part to try to get in Trump's ear as possible VP pick. Okay, well, I I all I'm saying say whether to it was going to work or not. Right, it I, seems I to think, be seems to be backfiring. She may does have it, does uh, it worn out her welcome the, in Arizona to the who cares about Arizona? Uh, Arizona Senate seat up for grabs. Well, she's going to lose because they're going to cheat. Like, duh. They might, she might lose because they might be sick and tired of her. I don't think so, dude. She's sabotaging just... the party from the inside. Not that she's wrong to do so. Like, keep in mind, like, I love that she burned that. I like that she exposed that. But Republican Republican establishment types don't. Um, people who but, want nothing but, more but, than to hand a Republican that Senate seat back. Who's may... voting, though? Not the They're not voting. I think that it, like the average conservative would be like, cool. Way to go, Kerry. Way to expose the corruption. Let's drain the swamp. Mm, the average conservative isn't like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. You're that discounting dude, you're discounting the boomer generation being the predominant voting block in American society now. And they they are uh, they are establishment shills by and large, dude. I don't know. You know? The the percentage oh. of boomers that are awake to what's going on, they still go to Fox News for their news. Well, and Fox, what, how did Fox News paint her right there? She came out looking like a gem in that deal. And if that's where they're going, then, huh? I'm not sure how they, I mean, that was, I don't even know what news. Did that, that make that her look good or bad? You just said you thought it was good, like, you're glad she did it. I don't think anyone can listen to that and be like, oh, that, that was really stupid. And she, what a traitor. Like, no, I think the general perception of, of what she did is a positive one. How about... It seems like a desperate move. Getting back to your point, oh, that all like if she, if she was in the catbird seat with Donald Trump, would she need to do that? No. But well, does see, Donald Trump already know who he's going to pick? I guarantee it. At, bare, at worst, at worst, he's got a short list of two or three. And they are. Nikki's on it. <sighs> so there's no doubt about it. Nikki's on it. Um. Tim Scott's certainly trying to get himself on it. Hopefully, that would be my I'd favorite. certainly prefer it. <laughs> Tim Scott would be? Or Byron yes, Donald's. for the obvious reason of we need to check the minority box. We need to yeah, do, Byron we Donald's need, does that too. We need to get a little DEI up in the Republican Party, baby. Come on. Byron Donald's does that too, and he's a lot more authentic and legit. I, that one does you, more for <clears> me than Tim Scott, for sure. Have you heard the allegations about Tim Scott's questionable sexuality? Mm -mm. Really? No, I haven't. Google, is Tim Scott gay? And see what you get. Megan so Kelly's talked about it. Okay, so then we checked two boxes. Did you boxes. see last week? Did you see? So, so Tim <laughs> we Scott. We gay is, and a black guy. Tim Scott is 50 years old. Uh-huh. And has been unmarried his entire life. Okay. Red flag. You think? Mm. Two weeks ago, out of nowhere, he announced his engagement with photographs on the beach on social media of him and his hot white, white uh, fiancé who mm -hmm. looks 15 or 20 years younger than him. Go and Tim. let me tell you, it looked like a production. <laughs> Google image it, dude, and tell me whether that dude looks like well, he's comfortable standing there. With hasn't that been the underlying theme of the day? Like, uh, what is what? Is, what should you believe? What is the media putting out there? It's all a facade. Like, 
well, so, so the, it's so, definitely so, a red so, flag so. if you're 50 years old and you're a man of, of a great amount of political clout and you haven't chosen a bride by this and, time. And speaking of women timing, should be throwing themselves at you. Speaking of timing, he was running against Trump. He bowed out of the race. He was completely impotent in that race. Impotent. And I'm using that word very specifically, pun intended. He was impotent in that race. He was pathetic. He had no points. He had no fire. He had no energy. He had nothing. And then after Donald Trump won Iowa, Tim Scott comes flying off the top ropes talking about Trump, and he's speaking like a Southern Baptist you know, black preacher, and he's, we're going to go into D.C., and we're going to take it back. You know, he's talking like he's pulling his best Malcolm Luther, uh, Martin Luther King bit, right? And like within days of that, he announces he's engaged. Megyn Kelly immediately called it like, yeah, he's trying to become vice president and he knows the fact that he's not married is a liability. Oh, she's right. 100% she's right. Yeah. The timing, it, dude, he just threw everything he could all at once. He's like, okay, I got to, I got to, I got to. <laughs> okay, and you're telling me that he's not desperate? I got to suck Donald off in public, which I, he may be looks, interested in. This looks a lot more desperate than what she did. Jeez. <laughs> There, he has a legal contract with or a fiance. He he is married or he's engaged. Engaged. He'll never get married. They'll be engaged throughout. If he's not VP, if he doesn't end up the VP candidate, I would. I would put my money on that. Yeah, that 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 dissolves and never. And if she ever gets pregnant, it's going to be a turkey basting deal. It ain't going to be from him. Uh, Maybe he's straight. Maybe we got it all wrong. But. no, I never, I never, do, I just, I didn't even know he wasn't married, to be honest with you. I don't know anything about the dude's personal life. Uh, so Byron Donald sounds like a much better option. Yeah, I would throw, I say Nikki, um, Elise Stefanik. Um, I don't think DeSantis, I don't think DeSantis brings him anything. No, he's just another white dude. Yeah. Um, I love DeSantis. So those, those two right. and DeSantis isn't going to get him any more votes. And, and to your point, probably some minority dude candidate. Just anyone but Nikki is where I'm at on that list. She's yep. the worst. I got nothing else. So I think we'll uh, call it good here. What's the frown for? Jesus, please forgive us for being so astray this week after. <laughs> astray? What? I don't. We closed last week. My wife is over I there. Called, listening uh... to us. She's quite disgusted with our lewdness. I called. Ilan, Ilan Omar, a bitch. But sure did. I think she probably is one. So I don't know that I really need to ask forgiveness for calling a spade a spade. Uh, <laughs> she hates this country anyway. But uh, y'all probably really know who Ilan Omar is. But, and I and, promise you, also, if she did, she would agree. I think we were making fun of the fact that women are putting on bras to make it look like their nipples are hard all the time. Did you know about that, hun? Yes. You knew about Kim Kardashian's new. Bra Nipple bra. Nipples. Yeah. That's what we opened with. We closed last week's episode talking about the guy from Bernie who said we helped him find Jesus. And then we opened this week talking about Kim Kardashian's nipple bras. Yeehaw. Now Cable's got his cowboy. <laughs> That's going to do it for episode 160 of Justified Pursuit for Chisholm Cook. I'm the good cowboy Cable Smith saying thanks for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. Careful on the accelerator. The roads are slick. In no time at all, it's gone country. Look at them boots, she's gone country 
Back to his roots, he's gone country A new kind of suit, he's gone country Here he comes